To sign up for our announcements, send a blank email to radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. That's radio-announce plus subscribe at acblists.org. Thank you for calling the ACB Radio and Information Line brought to you by Xenomedia. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, everyone. This Welcome to this afternoon's presentation of What About the Mac? with our presenter, Matthew Valbrecht. This is the third in this series. So with that said, I'll turn it over to Matt. Well, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much once again. Uh, always a, always a, a joy to be with all of you today. And uh, we are going to, uh, as we just heard, we're going to continue our Mac discussion in the third installment in just a moment. So we have been talking about the Mac for a couple of weeks now, and we're going to do that for at least another session yet today. I am uh, happy to be joined by trainer Rita, also of the TTJ team. I have not heard whether trainer Cliff has joined us yet, but I'm sure he will shortly if he's not already done so. And um, basically, we're going to continue talking about the Macintosh. Um, when we started two weeks ago, we introduced the Mac to you by describing the various things that you can do with a Mac, the things you might want a Mac for, the things that you need a Mac for, and the things you absolutely don't need a Mac for. Uh, then last week, we continued our discussion by taking a look at the various models of Mac that do exist right now as of this uh, discussion. And we also talked about M1, the very first Apple-designed custom silicon for the Mac, um, custom chip. So today, and we're, we're just a, a little bit behind what I had written in the initial sort of proposed schedule, uh, you know, way back when, but that's okay because we can combine a couple things, kind of make up for it in the air, as they say. But we're, we're going to, you know, we're just sort of dissecting this whole thing from a perspective of trying to help you to understand whether or not you may want a Mac. And so today I really want to talk about the accessibility and the various Mac apps. Um, I'm going to state some things here at the beginning. And I'd love, of course, the, the input of Rita and also Cliff when he comes in because they use the Mac more than I do. Um, I am first and foremost an iPad user along with iPhone, Apple TV, HomePod, Apple Watch, all those devices. But while I do have a Mac, I am trained in the Mac and I do continue to love the Mac. I, I, it's very much secondary to the other devices for me. Uh, we talked about that last week. Um, Rita does a lot with her Mac. You know, that was her intention to get that as a, a workhorse, a productivity system. And Cliff has certain things in particular audio editing that he really loves doing on his Mac. So they, I, I'm very anxious to have their, their input here. They can jump in whenever uh, they choose to do so. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, um, as I said, 
I'm going to state some things that are probably obvious, okay? But I want to restate them to make sure they're known. Good point. Now, basically, the reason I'm doing this is because sometimes I know we know this about iPad, iPhone, you know, Apple products in general, but a lot of people hear Mac and they think desktop computer. Okay. And rightfully so. And they think to themselves, that's just in a whole other league from everything else, you know, because they're used to their experience on the Windows side of things, right? Where it's dicey, you know, and and there's a lot of problems. So I want to state some very obvious things. And the first thing I want to to state is that everything about the Mac is accessible. Um, if you are planning to use voiceover or even other accessibility features, you know, the zoom magnification, uh, there's a whole lot of other things. And, and those are not my strong areas. Uh, I'm, you know, primarily focused on using voiceover. Of course, I do train uh, sighted users as well who don't need any accessibility features. But a lot of the same features that you already know of from the iPhone and iPad are existent on the Mac as well. And um, voiceover is certainly one of them. So the the really cool thing about every Apple product is that it is accessible right out of the box when i've got yeah go ahead Rita. when when you get a minute i've got a story to tell you right about about this point so yeah go, go right ahead yep go ahead jump in okay um okay i'm blind i use voiceover you know and so forth <laughs> and i have a sister she's a couple years older than i am so i mean we're older people <laughs> and She's um, never been exposed to the Apple world. I mean, she's seen me using my iBook, but you know, whatever. Um, And her Windows 7 PC died um, a couple of weeks ago. And she's been kind of frantic because she doesn't have access to stuff. And she, you know, and it was a Windows PC. And so her son uses a Mac, um, but and I use a Mac now. And so, um, she got up the courage and she went to Best Buy and she bought a Mac and, and we both told her to get laptops. Okay. And, and she was dealing with the salesman and, and she texts me and she goes, I got a, I got an iPad Mac. And I go, what? <laughs> so I text her back. And, well, anyway, turns out she got a desktop Mac book computer. Okay. And I said, please tell me you got a keyboard and a mouse with it. And she's, you know, she's like, yes, I'm picking it up. And they're, they transferred her data from her files from her PC. I mean, it was well worth it to do, to do this. And anyway, she gets the Mac home and she can't reach her son and he's sighted and, you know, you know, sighted people do everything with the mouse and looking at stuff well, anyway <laughs> so she calls me and she's like i'm desperate how do i how do i turn it on and i'm like um do you see a button anywhere <laughs> you know, like, so, so we're walking through how to set she sets up her thing and it's it's giving her all these prompts it's it's holding her hand okay um 
uh, we used to call these things idiot lights in the car. You know, when you would, you know, your gas is low or your oil is low or what. But anyway, she knows nothing about math, nothing. And she's not a computer person, you know, not real tolerant of computers. And she just wants to be able to do what she wants to do. Well, anyway, so, so she finally gets it all set up. She actually even established an email through iCloud. She created an iCloud account. And then, um, so she's like, okay, now, how do I, how do I, how do I do things? How do I, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. I want you to put your hands on the keyboard, okay, for me. I go, don't touch the mouse right now. Just put your hands on the keyboard. <laughs> and I go, hit the option key and the letter T. And she does, and it tells her the time. The time pops up. And I go, okay, now hit the, op the right option key and the letter S, as in Safari. And she goes, what's Safari? And I go, that's how you get to the internet, okay? So she opens it and boom, it loads and the address bar is at the top, okay? Now this is a person who's never used a Mac ever, ever, ever. And she goes, well, now how do I, how do I close it? And I go, put your finger on the command key and hit the letter Q as in quit. And she goes, oh, quit, quit, okay, quit. So she does that and boom, it goes away, okay? Then I go, okay, now put your right hand on the, uh, option key and hit the letter M um, as in mail and boom, her mail opens up. And I go, now I said, hit the command key and the number one key and boom, her inbox highlights or however it does for sighted people. But the point I'm trying to get across here is I, as a blind person who I'm very new to the Mac. Okay. I was able to walk her through some of this setup. I mean, she was reading the screen. It was giving her all these prompts. You know how, when you set up a brand new Mac <laughs> um, and, but she, I mean, she's not computer savvy. I'm not especially skilled with my Mac skills yet, but I am. I said, these things are called keyboard commands. I said, now when your son sits down with you, when he gets a chance, He's going to grab that mouse and he's going to click, click, click away. Okay. But you have the option of using your keyboard to keep your hands on the keys and you can do things with that keyboard. There's things called Mac commands that are built in. And so she's frantically writing these things down, command Q for quit, command W for close a window. Um, and it was just a fascinating, she was exhausted. I was exhausted, <laughs> but right out of the box, she was able to have some success getting this uh, going with a brand new Mac computer. And that's the beauty of these, uh, the system in terms of it's, it's, it's so Apple is so much more user-friendly than other environments and it handholds you on the screen and she's frantically looking through the box for the manual. She's like, where's the manual? Where's the manual? I go, there is no, I said, there's an online manual. She goes, but I can't even get online to look at the manual. I'm like, you can do this. You can do this. You know, I'm like, and, you know, I'm, I'm walking her off the cliff, you know, off the edge, you know, away from the edge, I should say. Um, so, I mean, um, she knows nothing about, you know, accessible. I mean, she knows, you know, me being blind, but anyway, she doesn't use any of that stuff. But with these simple commands that are built into every Mac, um, 
people can do things and not have to use the mouse and not have to take their hands away from the keyboard. And it just really, it reinforced to me and whatever is happening on that screen, voiceover is saying with, with other programs, um, you don't know where the cursor is and you don't know what's going on because the speech synthesis is doing something different than what the screen is showing. And on a Mac computer, what is on your screen is on your voiceover, with voiceover. They're the same. So you're doing the same things. And I taught her how to put stuff in column view and how to move, uh, put stuff in list view. I said, now, if you want a list, you do command two. These are views for your Mac. Command three is column view. And I know she could use the other views too, the gallery and the icon view, uh, which aren't so friendly with voiceover. But it, I said, there's four ways you can look at documents on your Mac. Okay. And how do you want to do it? And she goes, well, I want to do it the way you do it. And I go, well, then I put everything in a list. Okay. So um, command two, hold the command key down and tap the number two. And she goes, well, my screen's kind of dim. I go, I go, okay, hold the, hold the, uh, which one was it? <laughs> I've got to try to, it was a function. Uh, um, no, I said, just go up to the top of your screen, the, your keyboard, you know, you've got those function keys up there. Yes. And I go tap the, the function two just once tap it. And she goes, Oh, my screen's brighter now. And I go, that's how you make it brighter. If you want to make it dimmer, tap the one, the function one, you know, these things work right out of the box that I can tell her how to do this. Uh, so, so anyway, I'm just, I'm babbling here, but um, just wanted this, the ease of once somebody, this streamlined Mac um, and the power of these machines uh, is amazing. And I, as a blind person was able to at least get her started uh, you know, not have it, you know, so it was, that was amazing to be so. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. It really is. And I, you know, I'm still thinking about what you said that about the manual. That's so funny because I remember <laughs> as a kid, you know, when things used to come with full fledged manuals, you know, and, yes. and nothing comes with a manual anymore. I mean, you don't need it, you know, and the most you get is, you know, a little, uh, a little card that tells you, where to go to download the app or the, you know, whatever the first right. step is. Um, and it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, the, you know, what she's talking about is these universal design principles that make it possible for anybody to jump right in to get started. And, and a lot of these apply to the, you know, the iPad and iPhone as well. And of course, I would make the argument that the iPad and iPhone are even easier because you really do just touch what you want, you know, and whether you're sighted or not, it makes no difference. And I've seen, you know, people two years old and I've seen people 82 years old who, if you tell them touch the icon of the phone uh, and it's, you know, whatever color, I forget what color the phone icon is. We did it green. I think, yeah. Yeah, uh, I then, think so. You know, then they, they know what that is and they can do that. But on the Mac, you still have that degree of, extreme simplicity and yet so much power in all of that so when we set up a new mac we are able to get voiceover right away if we don't know how to use voiceover you know part of the concern some people might have is well i don't know the voiceover command so it, you know it's fine to say that i can have voiceover from the get-go but if i don't know the commands how am i going to know 
how to select my country and, uh, you know, go to the place where I can enter my Wi-Fi uh, password and all of that. Well, the the truth is there's a uh, there's a tutorial immediately at the beginning of it. You you are prompted that if you don't know how to use voiceover, you press whatever it is. And I think one is escape and one is the letter V or something. I forget now. But, you know, one of them takes you through this tutorial. And it's, a, you know, a spoken audio guided tutorial. And um, the other one skips that tutorial and just takes you right to the setup. So you, you have that, uh, that option. You have that choice. Now, um, when, when, you, uh, when you go to, um, you know, once the setup is complete, then, of course, you're, you can always revisit that voiceover tutorial if you want to. It's called the uh, Quick Start Tutorial. And there's a lot of other great resources right on board your Macintosh that you can use to get help, which is so cool, both with, of course, the, the Mac itself, but also for voiceover users. And so right away, we can access um, keyboard help, which is something you may already know about from iOS and iPad OS, you know, where we can type letters to hear what they are, type voiceover commands to see what they do. You know, and if you have a trackpad, you can actually try different trackpad gestures as well. And you can uh, you can get information about what they do with voiceover as well. Now, uh, in addition to the keyboard help, and uh, you also have um, options for commands help and sounds help so that you can learn what all these different things mean and how to navigate, and how to interact and everything. And of course, there's the complete voiceover guide, which for many, many years was called the voiceover getting started guide. But I think the last time I looked it up, they've changed the name to like the voiceover user guide or something. I forget, but it's, you know, it's the it's the definitive guide written by Apple for how to use voiceover with Mac OS. And so right away, you learn the things that you need and you can figure them out. The other thing you will discover right away with a Mac, and we'll talk more about apps if there's time. But the other thing you'll learn right off the bat is that most of the apps that you have on your iPhone and iPad also exist on the Mac. And they're rather similar. I mean, they're, they're in one sense, they're completely different in the sense that they're designed from the ground up for the Mac. But in another sense, they're, they're very much the same in that the options that you have, the features, the functionality, and the way you do things very, very similar across the board. And, and perhaps most importantly, they're always in sync across the board because of iCloud. As long as you sign into iCloud with the same Apple ID or you create an Apple ID and then use it on all your devices, uh, then you have access to the same information. All of your photos, your music, your documents, your calendar events, reminders, uh, contacts, notes, messages, uh, TV shows, movies, you know, it doesn't matter. All of these things stay in sync across all of your devices. And so that makes it incredibly easy, whether you've started with an iPhone and then also gotten a Mac or the other way around, it makes no difference. You're going to end up with all of the same content without having to manually re-enter that. And that is, I think, so awesome and so important. And of course, uh, as I was starting to say, the apps that you're used to will already be there, okay? They ship with the, uh, with the Mac, all right? Apple ships the, you know, Messages app, 
calendar, contacts, reminders, notes, um, news, music, TV, I mean, books, we could just go on and on, right? All these same apps that you have on your iPhone and iPad are available on your Mac. And they have unique features just for that particular device. Um, one of my favorite examples of that is in the Apple Maps app, you can get directions on your Mac. So you can see them in this beautiful large screen, if you can see, you know, uh, and, and you can pull up these directions on your iMac or your MacBook or whatever you have. And then there's an option to immediately send them right to your iPhone. And so you can instantly have those directions displayed on your iPhone, ready to go when you get in the car. So just simple things like that. I mean, just across the board. And the Mac even has Siri and dictation, uh, just like all of your other Apple devices do. So you really, really have a lot of familiarity already. Um, there are certainly some apps that are only on the Mac, uh, the disk utility, uh, you know, different apps like that, even a, even a chess game they, they've put on there, uh, which is kind of neat. You do get the, you know, what were often called iLife and iWork apps, right? So GarageBand, iMovie. Um, they don't have clips on the Mac, but they do have iMovie. And they have, of course, pages, numbers, and Keynote. And you can get the, I always call them the big brother or the big sister to GarageBand and Final uh, and iMovie, um, which are called uh, Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro. But all of those are fully accessible. You know, all of them have voiceover support. You can navigate, you know, just fine and, and do the things that you need to do, whatever it may be. Um, one of the popular apps that's on the Mac that's not on iOS that a lot of people really like is text edit. And some people like text edit because they use it for programming and coding and plain text stuff. And um, other people like it because they view it as being simpler than pages. You know, they just want to write a simple document and they don't want to um, do all of the complex stuff that pages offers. And so they, you know, they'll use text edit and that's fine. Um, but just remember text edit's not going to sync with your, iPhone and iPad. It actually will show up on your iPhone and iPad in iCloud Drive, but you won't natively have an app that's going to allow you to edit those text edit documents. So if you want to be able to work in both environments, pages or notes are going to be your best uh, bet there because they do, you know, they are supported. And, and, and the cool thing about that also, I'll just point out, jumping around a little bit here, but I'm trying to give you sort of a, a whirlwind tour, a little bit of an overview. Um, one of the really cool things about for example, Pages and Keynote, is that they are virtually identical on both platforms. You'll find every now and then one or two little, very, very small differences. But in general, they are identical in, in features and in functionality. And this is really important because if you look at something like um, Microsoft Office 365, you're going to find that what you can do on an iPhone may not necessarily be as robust as what you can do on a, a PC with Microsoft Word, for example, or PowerPoint. And when, when um, Apple first released Pages, Keynote, and Numbers for the iPad, the same thing was true. Like the, the feature set was not exactly the same. And of course, Pages was kind of completely redesigned in, I don't know, maybe 2012, something like that. And uh, it allowed for this universal experience across all platforms. And, and even though Pages has received numerous, and Keynote and Numbers too, have received numerous updates since then, 
uh, constantly improving. They're still based on that same foundation now, which allows them to be the same on all of the platforms that you use. Um, GarageBand is slightly similar, although there are some differences in GarageBand for iOS versus GarageBand for Mac. Um, and that's kind of done on purpose due to the nature of what the app is. And so you can easily convert and export and go back and forth. And you still have iCloud syncing for both. You know, I can see my GarageBand for Mac projects on my iPad and maybe I can open them and play them even and, and vice versa. So it's, uh, it's a very, very powerful system. Uh, and and the, the continuity, you know, which is the official term uh, that Apple uses for that stuff, too. The continuity is just incredible. You know, again, we've talked about it. If you've taken our courses or anywhere where we've discussed connected digital life and iCloud and so on, you know, we can start on one device and just pick right up on another. You know, it makes no difference. We don't ever have to think as long as we're using iCloud properly uh, and using it to its fullest. We don't ever have to stop and think, well, where did I save this and which device did I create this on? And, and did I make a copy of it? You know, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Now, another thing I want to talk about a little bit before we um, sort of give you some, a little bit of uh, voiceover uh, introductions. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about before we do that is the, um, the, the restore process. It is extremely unlikely that you will ever be in a situation where you have to restore your Mac, Okay. The security of the Macs, the privacy, the built-in virus protection, the built-in you know spamware, malware protection, all these things that are happening behind the scenes without you ever knowing it. Some really key stuff that Windows users have had to do for decades that we don't have to worry about on the Apple side. Antivirus, disk defragmenting, uh, DLL files, all this stuff that you, you know, you're so tired of hearing about. As a Windows, you don't have to deal with any of that. And so the built-in, you know, the protections that are there and the, the design of the platform really do mitigate the vast majority of uh, potential problems that you might have. But there could be a reason that somebody wants to factory restore their system. Maybe they want to give it away or sell it. Maybe they just want to have a fresh start. Some people do it when they want to install an updated version of Mac OS. Now, I don't do that. I've never done that. And I don't really, I really can't imagine too many situations in which I'd ever really consider doing that um, because I don't like that clean install. It, it just, to me, is a waste of time. I know why people do it. I'm not criticizing anybody. There are, there are some people that that's what they do. They believe it's a, a, a fresh start and a better way to have everything where it ought to be. And you know what? They might be right. Uh, I, I can't really say, but I just know I don't, to me, it, it's not something I've ever found the need to do. Um, I also haven't kept a Mac for, you know, tons and tons of years and that many iterations of the OS either, though. But um, some people do. So whatever the reason, if you decide that you want to basically what we would often call reformat your hard drive, you know, and reinstall. Um, it's very important that I point out that even that is fully accessible. Every aspect of the Mac is fully accessible. If you need to go in and adjust the, you know, the really, really advanced um, EFI settings, which are, you know, what a Windows user might think of as um, BIOS. I mean, they don't really do that on the Mac. You don't have that, 
level of that extensive of a, a kind of a, a pre-boot environment like a, a Windows PC does. But there is a, a bit of a, a thing. It's, it's not nearly as user accessible um, and, and doesn't need to be uh, because it, it just works in the background. But some of the settings that you can adjust an EFI level password or, um, you know, some of these really advanced things. And, and then again, of course, all of your restoring functionality. So if you go into the recovery mode, which is built into the Mac, it resides in a small hidden partition of your, uh, of your drive. Um, and there is a keyboard command for bringing that up. Then you can turn voiceover on and use the same commands. Now it's a, it's a stripped down version of voiceover because it resides in this small little uh, recovery partition. So it's not going to have the really nice um, enhanced voices that you're used to, uh, but it does work and it does get the job done and it allows you to navigate um, the recovery environment. It allows you to connect to the internet so that you can download the latest version of Mac OS or anything else you might need. And it also allows you to use the disk utility to erase a drive, uh, to, you know, to partition, to do all these, to make repairs, first aid stuff, all these kinds of things that you, in theory, might need to do, though it's very, very unlikely. And when it comes time to restoring, then uh, you can reinstall Mac OS by downloading the latest copy. You can also restore from a time machine backup. We mentioned time machine last week a little bit in passing. And uh, you can use that to restore your system as well. And again, everything there is is 100% accessible. So there's it's fully you know there's no issues uh, with any of that. Uh, I know that there are there was a, a bug with Voiceover in the recovery partition when Big Sur was first released, and that got a lot of attention. Uh, but it was corrected before people ever stopped talking about it. Um, and you know, as as typically is the case with Apple, it was addressed very very quickly. So it only affected people for a limited uh, amount of time. And as long as you make sure you're up to date, uh, you're already past that. So um, all of these things and more are available in the recovery partition. And when you install Mac OS or when you first set up or you upgrade, you know, your OS and it's time to go from, you know, one version to another, like we went from, what was it, Catalina to Big Sur. You never have to worry about driver compatibility because all of the um, components are provided to you by Apple and they're all designed to work together. So when you get a Windows PC, you could have, you know, um, a, a graphics card from some other company. You could have an audio chipset or sound card from some other company your Wi-Fi card, your, your Ethernet, all these things may require separate drivers. And years ago, there used to be, you know, CDs included with your PC that were just drivers from IBM or Lenovo or, you know, Gateway 2000 back in that day. And then, you know, Dell and all these other companies, HP, they'd have their drivers. And then later they would stop using CDs and they'd start putting them on the hard drive. But again, you always had to make sure you installed all that stuff in order for everything to work properly. And if there was a new, when there was a new release of Windows, you had to worry about, is all this stuff going to work? And I remember different times, there would actually be bulletins, you know, do not upgrade yet to Windows uh, Millennium Edition, because if you do, um, you will you will lose, you know, whatever it is, your audio or your, I mean, it could have been any one of a number of things, you know, until they were able to release um, 
the necessary updates. And, and then sometimes there was a bit of a blame game too. You know, well, we're waiting for Microsoft to release the patch. And Microsoft said, well, we're waiting for Dell to release the update. So none of this stuff happens with Apple. You don't have to worry about this. When you install something, Apple has gone through and, and made the necessary uh, updates to keep everything compatible. And if there is a problem, Apple is the one to release it. I mean, you will see different times that there are security updates or there are, you know, EFI firmware updates or different things, you know, that they need to do. Uh, but they handle all of that. And, and all of that is free and included. And so it's really no different than uh, using your iPhone or your iPad. You know, we don't even have to think about all those other crazy things. And then the other component to this that I just want to talk about briefly is the uh, the level of accessibility um, that is in the um, the various third party apps that you might get and the voiceover um, as it relates to that. Um, you know, a few of us did a response um, podcast recently, and you can check it out on Trainer Cliff's Stir It Up YouTube page as well as on his podcast, I do believe, and it's going to be on the TTJ Talk podcast fairly soon also. Um, we did a response to an article that was written, and we discussed just how accessible everything really is and how, you know, I mean, it, it amazes me because I, I go back and I think about when I first used the Mac back in... 2009 is when I started with the Mac. And I remember being impressed with voiceover and how accessible Mac OS was or OS 10, as it was called back then. Uh, and then I thought to myself, well, that's great for all these Apple apps, you know, but I'm sure third party apps are not going to be accessible, you know. And I remember getting a, um, a copy of the World Book multimedia encyclopedia which i'm not even sure is being updated anymore on the software side i i don't know it's you know kind of everything's changed because of the internet and all these things but uh at that time i always enjoyed the the things that the uh, you know digital encyclopedias on cd or dvd offered and i knew my my kids well my son my daughter wasn't born yet but i you know i knew my son would like it so we got a copy of this and i remember thinking well this will be great for them i know it's not accessible because it never was on windows well, sure enough, I installed it and it was 100% accessible. Not only was it 100% accessible, but there was even a, a guide for voiceover users in the World Book Encyclopedia to tell you how best to use it with voiceover. And I had a similar experience with a, a cookbook recipe app and, uh, you know, among other things. And, and that continues to be the experience because Apple gives developers the necessary instructions, the necessary guides, and the necessary frameworks that they need to make their apps accessible. Now, you'll run into inaccessible apps every now and then, just like you do on iOS. I mean, it's not a perfect, you know, 100%. I mean, after all, there are some apps that are just so graphical that, you know, really can't be that easily made accessible uh, without compromising some of that. Now, this screen recognition that's been introduced this year, I think that's going to be the beginning of the end of that problem, truthfully. Uh, you know, but that's being refined as time goes by. So, you know, there still are some some inaccessible apps, but the number of them is small and it's getting smaller and smaller, I believe. And um, you'd be amazed what apps actually are 
accessible and how inspired the developers are to make their apps accessible. All of us on the team could tell you stories. And Cliff has had some very recent interactions with a company uh, that he uses, uh, that he uh, has worked with Rogue Amoeba, who makes the audio editing software that he's very fond of. And it is great. I've used some of it as well. And it's fantastic stuff. And their, their apps are entirely accessible and they're so willing to help. It's not only that the apps are accessible, but that these developers are saying, hey, reach out to us, try this out. And if you find a problem, let us know what you're finding because we want to make it accessible. So because of what Apple has done, they have set a new standard for accessibility. And it really is no exaggeration to say that they are the ones who got the ball rolling with all of this, you know? So it, it amazes me. And, and it really is cool to not only to, to experience and to witness that, but, you know, to be able to share it with others. Um, with regards to the, um, the apps that you get on your Mac, one of the other really nice benefits that you have is that there is an app store. Um, I know there are some people who prefer or who need to get their apps from somewhere else because maybe the thing they need is not on the app store. And actually that's the case with those audio editing apps right now. As far as I know, you have to get them you know, elsewhere and, and download them. But for the rest of the time, you could get most of your apps from the Mac app store because there's a, a huge variety of things there. And again, the benefits of the Mac App Store are the same as the benefits of the um, iOS App Store, which are that you don't have to worry about the legitimacy or about the safety of the apps that you are using. You know, I could go on and on about this for an entire session, and I won't, I promise, because it, it's... It truly is a soapbox, but it really does. Um, we did a podcast about it a while ago um, when all this antitrust stuff started. And, you know, hopefully, praise God, that that stuff's not going to go any farther than it has. It is it is the epitome of ridiculous to think that the app store is a detriment in any way. It is it is one of the biggest and most important things that Apple could have ever done or that anybody could ever do because it provides a safe place for you to get apps. It is what separates Apple. Well, it's not the only thing, okay? But it's one of the things that truly separates Apple from everybody else out there. And in fairness, Google does it to a degree. It's just theirs is not quite as as uh, tight, but the, you know, Google does have their store and it is a, also a very good thing. And I'm, I'm you know, it, it ought to be commended too, in all honesty, uh, if, if we're being fair. Uh, but it, you know, these these stores provide a safe haven because they have rules and regulations and they have review processes and, you know, procedures for getting your apps on the app store. And so they have to be legitimate. They have to be safe. They have to do what they say they're going to do. And if they don't, then Apple removes them, you know, if, if they would miss something because there are millions of things, you know, if, if something would slip through the cracks, it's found quickly and it's addressed. And it also provides a uh, a tight knit community, right? Because if you start using an app um, and you just don't like it, you know, it, it's not that it's a, a virus or something, but it's just, you don't like it because it, it's not designed well in your mind or, you know, has, has problems. Then you leave that review on the app store and other people benefit from that. And they see 
that, you know, maybe there's something better out there. So the, the Mac App Store is huge. And one of the biggest things to happen to the Mac App Store in recent days is the Apple design silicon, because this is going to allow and already does allow many of your iOS apps to work on your Mac as well. Now, there are some that have deliberately chosen not to, like Netflix, for example, uh, for whatever reason. But it doesn't matter because you can watch Netflix in Safari if you want to on your Mac. Um, so there are some apps like that. It's not 100%, but there are many, many iOS and iPad OS apps that have already been made to work just fine on the new M1 Max. And so your apps that you downloaded on your iPhone and iPad that you love, you can now download them on your, um, on your Mac um, for no extra cost, no extra charge. So this is a, you know, a great system. The App Store, it's, it's so awesome, and it's, uh, it's so important, I think. Now, the last thing I'd like to share before I jump back to the team and see what they have to say and then take your questions uh, the last thing I want to share is just a, a little bit of an overview of the most basic voiceover commands. So if somebody's been listening to this and they say, yeah, I love everything you're saying, but I already got a Mac. I just don't know how to use it yet. When are you going to get to the actual how to do it? And I told you before, we're not going to go extensively on how to do it because we just can't. Uh, that's a, a whole course. And uh, TTJ will be offering, I believe, I mean, we haven't actually sat down and planned our next year training season, but I do believe we'll be offering Mac content, um, if, if this past year was any indication. Um, and there are also other great resources out there. Uh, we always give a shout out, shout out to John Panarese of Mac for the Blind, who is an excellent trainer on the Mac. And of course, we provide training as well. Uh, and uh, Apple Viz and, you know, a lot of other great resources that you can get. So we're not going to go extensively here. But I just want to point out a few basic things about voiceover on the Mac so that you could maybe get started. Because I have always said, if you can learn like a dozen or so commands, I shared this with you a couple of weeks ago, then you, you can use any app. You can do anything on your Mac if you've just learned a dozen or two commands. Now, there are many, many others. And again, Cliff and Rita and our other team member, trainer Steph, who is, is often... Uh, not able to be with us on Friday afternoons, but who is also a very important part of the team. Uh, they are much more heavy Mac users than I am. And they know these commands. We all, we, you know, we don't call Cliff the keyboard King for nothing because he has customized these things to the hilt. And so he can press one command and he can open his, you know, mail app or his audio editor or, you know, whatever else he wants to do. And, and he uses them that way. And that's great. That's a, you know, a personal preference thing. And it, it's the important thing to understand is that you can do that with the Mac, that you have that option, that personal preference. But I also want you to get today that if you just learn the basic commands, you're going to be able to do everything. All right. It's not like JAWS where you have to, well, I got to learn the, all the different commands and the different scripts for this app. And then I got to learn. No. Everything works everywhere. You can get more customized if you want. And many of you may want to, because if you're using the Mac all the time, you may say, there's got to be a quicker way to do this. And there is. There's quick nav, there's keyboard commanders, you know, there's all these things. But if you just get the basics, at least now, you can navigate any app, any website, fill out a form, do whatever you need to do. So I'll just go over a few of these with you. Uh, first of all, I want to say that if you use the, uh, we want to start out with the keyboard. We'll talk about the trackpad here in a moment. Um, the keyboard has a. Uh, and Matt. Well, yes. 
and just to, just right where you are, right here. Um, hey, Bob, this, go ahead. My, my phone went off speaker. That's why I'm sorry. Okay, um, just right right where you are, right here. Yep, just, go ahead. Sure. Um, <clears throat> just to overview, kind of bird's eye overview. Um, there are four uh, what they call keyboard command commanders, not keyboard, but four commanders. The way you can interact with your Mac, and you can do all of these, none of these, one of the, well, you got to do something. But anyway, <laughs> there's <laughs> there's uh, there's keyboard commands, which is using the keyboard and certain key combinations to make things happen, like the right option key and the letter T will tell you the time, okay? Or um, control and option and the letter M will get you to the menu bar, that kind of thing. Okay, those are keyboard commanders. Okay, then there are <clears throat> trackpad commanders. And there are people who, I don't enjoy this, but there are people who want to use the trackpad that's built in onto their laptop, or they can get a separate trackpad for their Mac, um, and it it acts like uh, you're using your voiceover on an iOS device. So you would use the gestures of the swipes and the taps to get things done. Okay, then there are um, quick. There's numpad commander. So if you have a keyboard with a numpad, you can use commands that are set up and that you can customize to navigate with the numpad keys, okay? Or you could get a separate numpad if your keyboard doesn't have it, okay, external. Okay, or there, and or there are something called quick nav, which is, um, it's a way to navigate um, quickly. <laughs> so anyway, these are four different commanders ways of getting and you can like I said these can be interactive you could turn on the trackpad to do certain things you could whatever um, uh, I prefer keyboard commanders to keep my hands on the keys and I think uh, Cliff uh, definitely leans that way other people want to use the trackpad for their navigation um, so anyway just just as a big overview so those are yes. the kinds of commanders okay then Absolutely. go ahead yeah yeah and that's great. And, and I, I do, I prefer the trackpad personally because um, I've always been someone who that has been one of my chief complaints about screen readers like JAWS is that to me, there's just way too many commands. I don't like having to use that, you know, even though I can't see uh, at this point, I, I have thoroughly embraced the idea behind the graphical user interface. And, you know, when it's possible to get away from having to do all different keyboard commands, it's not that I have trouble remembering them. Praise God, he's given me a memory. I don't have any issue remembering them. It's that I don't think that ought to be the way we need to interact with our devices in the 21st century. Um, you know, maybe it was 30, 40 years ago. It, does, it shouldn't have to be today. So that's always been a big complaint of mine. And as soon as I was able to minimize that number of keyboard commands, believe me, I did it. And then when I was able to take it down to the trackpad, which really is almost identical to navigating on your iPhone or iPad, except there's a few extra little gestures that you'll need to learn uh, that, you know, it, it was uh, it was definitely my preference. But I always start out with the keyboard because not everybody has a trackpad. And also you have to turn on the trackpad commander to make it work with voice. So you at least need to know some voiceover keyboard commands to set up your Mac and get started, I think. And so the first thing that I want to tell you 
is is that the bottom row of a Mac key or really an Apple keyboard um, is going to be a little different than your Windows keyboard, okay? If you have one of the um, sort of smaller uh, keyboards like the Apple Magic Keyboard, um, you're going to have a function key on the bottom left of your keyboard. Um, if you have one of the numeric keypad magic keyboards, then that function key is in a different location and you'll just start with the control key. Uh, but on the, on the magic keyboard without the numpad and also on your MacBook systems, you will have a function key. That's your bottom left key. And then to the right of it, you'll have control followed by option followed by command. So you want to memorize that control option command, and then you have the space bar. And then on the right-hand side of, this, of the space bar, you also have another occurrence of, I think, command and option. Um, and so this is going to become very important with voiceover. There's also, um, you know, most of the other keys are what you would expect. So we're not going to use up the time to go over all that. But um, there are, on the Mac, there are Mac OS shortcuts and voiceover specific commands, just like in Windows, there are, you know, Windows commands, and then there are your JAWS commands or NVDA, whatever. But on the Mac, it's a bit different because most of, I mean, the vast majority of the navigating you'll do will be with voiceover commands, not Mac OS commands. Now, some of the things that Trainer Rita gave as examples, they are Mac OS commands, like your um, option uh, what was it? Option T or your command, command one and command two to go, you know, from icon view to list view and stuff. Those are, those are actually Mac OS commands that even a, a sighted user who, who has voiceover off can still do. But for most of what you do, you're going to be navigating with voiceover commands and any voiceover command will have the voiceover keys associated with that command, like voiceover keys combined with the space bar or voiceover keys and an arrow. So what are the voiceover keys? Or as we call them for short, VO keys. Okay, what are your VO keys? Well, they can either be the control and option together, or they can be the caps lock. And I believe if I recall correctly, that by default, both of them will work. The combination of control and option will work, but also the caps lock will work. And then you can change that in your preferences if you want to pick one or, you know, what have you. Correct. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. So, you know, if they say press VO right arrow, that means control option right arrow or caps lock right arrow. If they say VO space, again, control option space, or you could use caps lock. I don't prefer the caps lock. I prefer the control option, but, you know, whatever. So that's what, it, that's what it means when they say your VO keys, okay? Now, navigating on Mac OS is quite different from navigating in Windows. And I want to tell you why. In the Windows environment, you often use the arrows, the tab key, you know, these kinds of things. And in a pinch, you use your whatever JAWS commands or, you know, whatever your screen reader is. But using the Windows commands to navigate will only navigate the central 
part of the screen. In other words, Microsoft has decided for you what you're going to want to access. And only within those confines can you access them. And then if you really need to go beyond that, then and only then you use your JAWS cursor or whatever, but it's, it's you know, dicey sometimes then. In macOS, that is completely not the case at all, okay? What this Windows sort of approach does by forcing you to stay in one part of the screen is it eliminates your ability to access toolbars and shortcut bars and all these kinds of things without special keyboard commands, right? Here we go again. On the Mac, you can use the voiceover cursor, and you will, to navigate. And that voiceover cursor covers just about every part of the screen. The only thing it doesn't directly cover is the menu bar and the status bars because there's a keyboard command for that or a trackpad gesture. But everything else, toolbars, the resize controls, the sidebars, the main part of the screen, all of these things are accessible with the voiceover cursor simply by navigating. And so there's not a single part of the screen that you cannot access, and there's not a single part of the screen that's not going to work with voiceover. Because of that setup, what does tend to happen is that you're going to need ways to keep things sort of organized. Your screen in, a, in any given app might be set up in such a way that below the title of the app, you have a toolbar. And that toolbar might have shortcut buttons on it. And then below that toolbar, you might have a sidebar, which again might have different icons on it. And then you might have the main area of the screen, whether that's web content, HTML content, which is, you know, like a website, a web page, or whether it's the, you know, an edit area where you can type or, you know, whatever these things might be, you're going to have, we've basically just described three separate sections of an app. And so when you're navigating on a Mac, you can sort of get a bird's eye view, an overview of each of the sections. And then if you want to work with a particular section, you interact with it. Interacting allows you to go deeper. It takes you in down one level. And uh, an example that I gave, uh, sort of analogy that I gave in our um, month with the Mac course um, that we offered was that if you were in a helicopter, you could see an entire city and you could see an entire state. And, and you might even be able to see buildings in that city, but you can't get a real close-up view of those buildings. And so if you want to get a closer view, you need to land that helicopter in one of those cities. Now you've landed and you can stand up, get out of the helicopter, you can look all around, and you can see the names of each building. Oh, there's Chase Bank. There's McDonald's. There's the mall, you know, all these different things. But you still don't really know all the details about what is in them. And so I'm going to go in the mall now. Okay, so now I can see in the mall. I've walked into the mall, and I can see now for the first time that over here is a Boscov store. Over here is a Macy's. Over here is a movie theater. Over here is a restaurant. Oh, you know, over here's a little um, yogurt stand, you know, all toy store, all these different things that I can see now. But again, I still can't see the contents of those stores unless I open the door 
and walk in. I got to go into one of those rooms, into one of those stores. Then I can see all the clothing and the perfume and the candy and the jewelry or the restaurant foods, you know, the menus, all of these things. I got to go inside. So as we're going, I'm going deeper and deeper in further and further level by level to go down deeper, to drill down, to figure out what something is. Well, the same thing is true on a Mac. And that is the basis for all navigation on your Mac. You open up a new app and you start doing a VO right arrow and VO left arrow to move element by element on the screen. And the first thing you might hear is toolbar, eight items. Okay. What I need to do to see what's in that toolbar is I need to interact. And to do that, it's VO shift down arrow. In other words, like control option, shift down arrow. Or if I'm using the trackpad and I've been swiping left and right with one finger, I just swipe two fingers to the right and that interacts. Now I'm inside that toolbar. I'm inside of it. I can read and work with each item. There's a, a new document button. Cool. Let's activate it. VO space bar or double tap on the trackpad. Oh, there's an open button. Let's, let's interact. Let's, let's not interact. Let's, uh, activate that open button. So again, double tap the trackpad or VO spacebar. Okay. All of these things are inside that toolbar. Now, if I'm done with the toolbar for now, if I decide I don't want to do anything more in that toolbar at this moment, I stop interacting, which is just the reverse. Instead of VO shift down arrow, it's VO shift up arrow. Or if I'm using a trackpad, instead of two finger swipe to the right, it's just a two finger swipe back to the left. Now that has brought me out of that building. That's brought me up a level now to the main level of the app. Okay. So now I go over and here's the main area of the app and I interact with it. And in it, there's web content and there's an edit field. So now I might have to interact a second time to go even deeper. I've already interacted once with the main area of the app. It's called um, I don't know, whatever, it, you know, whatever that app calls it. Okay. But I may have to interact even a second time to get deeper. Um, and, and that just depends on the app. So this is kind of an overview of how you navigate with voiceover. And again, if you, if you master that concept and you understand what types of, um, areas, most apps will have, and you start to listen for key terms like the word group or area or uh, toolbar or, you know, different terms that indicate that maybe you have to go deeper, then you will never have a problem knowing when to interact and when to stop interacting. And those commands of the VO left and the VO right and VO space, that's going to be how then you would spend the majority of your time until you, you know, get with Cliff and, and Rita and you learn all these additional awesome commanders and stuff that you can do, but at least you now have a basic set of commands. The other thing you have with the Mac is you have a rotor just like you do on uh, iOS and the rotor can be used on the trackpad with that two finger rotation. And it can also be used on the keyboard to open it up. You press control option U or caps lock U. And then you can move left and right through the um, various choices and then up and down, VO up and down to, to actually use those choices. And so just like on iOS, you have a rotor and, and there are even shortcut keys just like there are on iOS. Like, for example, if I'm on a website and I want to navigate by heading, I can set the rotor to headings with the trackpad and then swipe up and down. I can set the rotor to headings with the keyboard. 
So that would be control option U to open the rotor. Uh, VO right or left until I hear headings. And then VO up or down to move heading by heading. Okay. But I also have shortcut keys like I do on iOS. So like control option command H takes me to the next heading or VO command H. Okay. And then VO command shift H takes me to the previous heading. So the same thing we do on iOS, we can do on the Mac OS. Now I would, I, I want to, it, it actually is right that it's right about that time. It's four o'clock. And I think I want to jump over to Rita Cliff, if he's here, let them say a few words and then take your questions. And that'll be it for today. Um, I know you might have some questions, so start getting those ready. And um, in a few minutes, we'll remind you how to raise your hand. But first, Rita, or I don't know if Cliff ever joined. I, um, yeah. I'm not sure, but Rita, I, do you have anything you want to add to this? Um, I see him in here. Um, so I think he's here. I, okay. think I saw him a few minutes ago. Um, so hopefully he'll unmute in a minute. Because um, yeah. he truly is, truly is the king uh, regarding these commanders. Um, yeah. For example, when... Um, there's two word processing programs that come built into your Mac. You don't have to buy anything extra. They're free. One is text edit and one is pages. And Matt was talking about a little bit about those. And to open pages, I set a quick keyboard commander for the right option key and, and the letter P as in Paul. Okay. And then to open text edit program, word processing, I do option and the letter E. And it just opens me right up, it says text edit. And then I do command in for a new document. And boom, I'm in a blank document. I can just start typing. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and then I can save that document and I can put that document in different locations. I choose to put all my documents in iCloud Drive because then they're available on all of my devices. So any document I've got, I've created, folders I've created, they're in iCloud Drive. And so I don't have to go, oh, is that on my Mac? Or is that on, you know, they're all there in the iCloud Drive. I mean, it really is so easy and seamless to make this happen. And <clears throat> so there, there is, you know, for people new, there is a learning curve, but if you sit down and do it, and actually make make yourself practice, you will get this. And <clears throat> if there's some specific goal you've got, you know, you want to be able to, I, I don't know, you know, create uh, documents, you want to be able to play music on your Mac, you want to, you know, a specific goal. You don't have to learn it all at once. Just if you master the one thing that you're really passionate about it, you know, I wanna have all my recipes where I can find them, okay? And I wanna create a, a folder structure where all those recipes can be located, you know, like soups and salads and desserts. And, <clears throat> and you can have different layers, different hierarchies that you can have. And um, I wanna be able to find that oatmeal cookie recipe that my grandma used. You know, you can do this if you take the time to set up the structure um, and your Mac is searchable. There's a spotlight search. <clears throat> There's also a tremendous amount of commands that, I mean, things that you can do with, with Siri. Um, once you enable Siri on the Mac, it will listen to you 
and it will open apps for you if you're having difficulty finding something. It <clears throat> can tell you the time, the weather. It can make a call. <laughs> you know, it can do uh, a lot of things that, you know, your Siri does on your iOS device. Plus, um, in addition, in addition to Siri, you can enable dictation on your Mac. So when you're in an editable text field, okay, if you don't change this, so this is set up to, to work, you hit the control keys twice quickly and you hear dink, just like you do on your iOS device. And you can talk, 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 talk um, for several sentences, at least a paragraph, put in punctuation, and then um, the dink will sound that it's done you know it'll only hold so much like a paragraph's worth um, <clears throat> and depending on how fast you talk <laughs> um, and um, so you've got dictation on your computer in any editable text area and, and there so, is uh, actually a, a way since since Cliff apparently is is just slacking over there and not on yeah, where you know, is I, he? I, I gotta be the I gotta be the one to interrupt you like he normally does and and, yeah. and add something. No, <laughs> we're kidding you, Cliff. But no, with dictation on the Mac, you can actually choose to download the necessary components to make it true offline dictation. In which case, there is absolutely no limit. You can you know you could read War and Peace before you stop dictate. I mean, you can you know that's a an optional thing. Um, by default, it's the way that, that Rita said, but you can, yeah, yep. So it just, these things are possible. And um, I strongly suggest you, you attain a level of success with one thing, you know, boom, I was able to get into the calendar. Oh, I was able to open my messages. Oh, I was able to create a short document. Oh, I was able to read an email, okay. You don't have to do them all at once. You just try one thing at a time. And then you're like, well, okay, I did that. Well, now how, how do I create folders in email so I can move these things to folders? How do I filter my email? How do I <laughs> respond to an email? You know, kind of the, and success leads to success. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, let's try this. Oh, let's try this. You know, kind of so um, it's, like I said, you don't, uh, a lot of times I see people trying to do everything all at once and they get overwhelmed and they get lost. Okay. And there's a, I call it the, where am I keys? Okay. And if you totally don't know where you are, you're like, where am I? What's going on? Okay. So if you hit VO, which is control option and the F1 key twice quickly, um, it will tell you where you are. It's I, I call it where in the heck am I key, <laughs> and it'll, <laughs> it'll tell you what what is running. Okay, and then the um, let me get this right. It's what apps are running is the VOF one. Uh, Cliff will probably correct me yeah, here. That's the application VOF one okay. is app read the current application, and twice and, quickly is the application chooser. So you could okay. you could look through the different ones you have open. And then, Correct. And then VOF2 VO... reads the current window, window. and yes. F2, VOF2 <laughs> quite quickly will bring up the window chooser, which is especially important because sometimes you'll get a dialog box that will pop up, but it will end up behind the current, or the, the app that you're actually using will end up behind that dialog box and you don't realize it. And so a sighted user will walk in and you'll say, what, um, 
what do you think of what I just wrote? And they'll say, well, I can't see it. This dialogue box is in the way. And you don't realize that. So VOF2 twice quickly lets you find that dialogue box and read it and either dismiss it or take appropriate action on it. I mean, you have all the, you know, control center, notification set, just like you do on iOS. Yes. So, um, <clears throat> so that's where, so I guess, uh, I guess we're ready for questions and let me, <clears throat> I think so. See if I can get a hold of Cliff and see if he's, um, okay. What he's doing while you. All right. Uh, sounds that. good. All right. So let's, uh, let's give them the reminder on how to raise their hand and see if we can take some questions then. Okay. Anybody needs to raise their hand. If you're on a Mac, it's uh, Command Y. If you're on a Windows computer, it's Alt Y. And if you're on an iOS, I'm going to have to let Matt remind me on that one. Yeah, on iOS, it's just right on the screen. It's just a raise hand button down at the bottom, and uh, that's all they should have to do. Double tap that. It's actually okay. Option Y on the Mac. Oh, there's you, Cliff. Man. Now, look at that. Now, see, Rita just left now. Cliff, that's what's Option did. Y on a Mac. But what about on the uh, iOS device? It's right on the screen right next to in the webinar. It's right on the screen. Okay, yeah. on the bottom. But I thought I heard you say command Y. So that's why I said oh, option Oh, I may y. have. Excuse yeah. me. Thank you for yeah. correcting me. It is option Y. My bad. Okay. I'm not seeing any raised hands yet. Brad, you have some hand raised, dear. Why well, I do. Interesting. I'm not getting a notification of that. Yeah, they're they're at the top of the list in your attendance. I'm at the top of the list and mm -hmm. I'm not getting any. Perhaps because I'm not the host. I'm, I'm not getting any indication of hands raised. Would you like my help? Excuse me? Would you like my help? Yes, ma'am. If you would, you're the host. Okay. You probably are getting that notification. I'm not. All right. Um, I Beth, it. you may unmute. There we go. Hi. Hey, everybody. Um, Hi. Great, great uh, program, uh, guys. Um, Matt, I, again, I maybe this is comparing apples and oranges. I, I don't know. But how you gave us a really good bird's eye view of how to do certain things on the Mac, could you, uh, unless we don't have time for this, with the iPad, could you, could you at least, at least give us an idea of, is it just as many, uh, just as easy? Um, is it, are, are these things like what you're talking about with the web? How, I, I guess my question is, generally speaking, how different would the, would doing these things be on the iPad? Well, you know, the iPad is entirely gesture based, although it also supports many of the same keyboard commands if you want to use them. But, you know, the iPad is much, much closer to the iPhone experience. Um, now, is it easier? That's personal preference. I, right. I would absolutely I would absolutely say that it is. But then again, I use my iPad for everything that I do. I mean, I run my business from my iPad. I go to church and I preach or do, you know, lead a Bible study. I'm doing it from my iPad. I do, you know, recipes and, you know, it's all, all iPad. I rarely ever use the Mac. So for me, yes, I would say it's, it's a lot easier, but I don't think the Mac is hard. I, I, I think it's, you know, it definitely is personal preference. The difference being 
iPad is basically the iPhone experience, except that some apps are set up with various things on two or maybe even three sections of the screen. And so you might have in, for example, the mail app or the messages app, your list of conversations on the left. And when you select one, that the actual body of that message shows up on the right-hand side. And it's actually and, the same way on the Mac too. I mean, well, it actually, yeah, it, it actually is, except you can't touch it. I mean, it's the same, right. that is the same thing. And the Mac has sidebars, just like the iPad now has sidebars in several apps. So yeah, it's a very, very similar uh, interface. It's just how you navigate it might be a little bit different. Um, if you want to know more about that, we are doing our iPad class still, and we could we could still get you in there, and you could listen to all the recordings of what we've done so far. And even if you can't make it to the um, to the live sessions, you could continue listening to the recordings. And Cliff has been posting them. Well, basically instantly, like right after the class, he puts them up on his YouTube page oh, cool. and in the, and you're still putting them in Google classroom too, right? Cliff. Oh yeah. I actually put them there yeah. first. They, okay, well, I okay, mean, it's, it's like 10 seconds apart. One goes one yeah. and then the other one goes the other way. So. I, I keep going, I keep going on YouTube and listening to them. Cause I, you know, I've subscribed to the stir it up page. So I just, you know, they pop up there. Um, so if you want to do that, Beth or anybody that wants to do that, send an email to Cliff uh, at stir it up. But remember he spells it with a U. S-T-U-R-I-T-U-P, stir it up at iCloud.com. And if you're really interested in the iPad, I think that would be a good thing for you to hear. And also, we did a month with the Mac, and I have compiled all those recordings as well as demonstrations that I did and text files all in one zip file is ready for you know anybody who wants it. I've been, I think I got 10 emails over the from the last session and I've sent to everybody. And a lot of them have asked me, you know, you know, is this going to be something easy? No, it's not easy. But <laughs> the more you do it, the more you practice, the easier it gets. So okay, thank you. Okay. Okay, Brad, are you ready to yeah? I think hang on. I think the next, I believe my next one is Randy, but I mm -hmm. get no indication of raise or lower hands. I think I can, I can yep, unmute Randy. You're on a Mac, yeah. right? Yeah, but I'm not getting anything to do with it because I've done this before. But anyway, I unmuted you, Randy. Are you able to talk? Okay, can you guys hear me? Yes, yes we, can. we can. Okay, great. Hi. Hi. Um, hold on one second. My phone was yakking right in my ears. Um, so I, this is really embarrassing. I've had a Mac for years. I run windows on it. I never boot into the Mac side because I'm just overwhelmed. Would it be appropriate to give you guys a private call? I've seen your number on the website. I've gone to your website. Do you guys charge for that? Or is that just a free consult call? I'm just curious. Well, we um, do some of both. I mean, I, 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 we do free consults and then okay. kind of sit down and figure out what you need. And then we can work up a figure or, you know, I offer training packages that are significantly discounted overpaying by the hour. So if we determine that you need that, and if you, if you contact either one of us, we would probably bring the other one in. I, I know I would, I would definitely bring Cliff in and, and, you know, maybe Rita, if she wanted to, or Steph, if, you know, whoever, because they are experts in this too. So I would, you know, more so than I honestly, but, 
Um, you could contact any one of us. Like you said, my info's on the website. Cliff has his info um, up there. So yeah, please. Yeah, get I've, in just touch with a, us. I, I've just yep. seen a general number. And the okay. only reason I haven't, I haven't done more with it is it because like you said, you have to interact with everything. I do know a little bit. Um, and I'm just, I'm, do I've you, known windows for years and it's really do hard. You have, um, go ahead. No, that, ahead, that's sorry. understandable. Yeah. Yeah. That's, do you have, are you comfortable sending messages from like, do you have an iPhone? Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. Of course. I'm, right. I'm an advanced what, user. I consider myself advanced user of the iPhone. I'm a pretty okay. advanced user. Yeah. What would be better than calling is to send me an iMessage because um, I probably get about three or 400 emails a day. And then the phone calls, it just depends on what I'm doing at the moment, whether I'm able to answer them or not. But if you send Cliff or me or both of us um, an iMessage, I am the tech juggernaut at iCloud.com and he's stir it up with a U at iCloud.com. If you send us an iMessage, either individually or even a group message to both of us, we will respond to you much more quickly that way. Um, okay, so stir it up. may be a little I, bit because, you know, yep. our family's stuff, but we yep. will get to you. Uh, but so quicker stir it up the other way. at iCloud and then the tech juggernaut at iCloud. At iCloud.com. Yep, yes. and stir okay. is spelled yep. with the U. It's S-T-U-R-I-T-U-K. We'll be happy to help you. Okay, thanks, guys. All and right, I know a lot you. of people who do that. They'll buy a Mac just to have a glorified Windows machine because the hardware works better anyway. But Because the Macs run Windows better than Windows machines do. That's right. <laughs> yep, that is exactly right. And Brad, sometimes you got to go into what they call system voices and turn on a notification for different apps to notify you, like for a raised hand or... In... I've done this before and I haven't had to do that. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Thank you, Cliff. Anyway, I mean, I wasn't able to, I got no indication of hands, but I was able to mute and unmute. Okay. I was getting a talking permitted. Perhaps now you, that you have another, you have two more hands raised. Okay, who we got? Go ahead. I'm just here is to it, help you. <laughs> is it Ibrahim? Yeah, something like that. I still got Randy at the top of the list. That's because you haven't disabled their talking. I thought I did. Perhaps that's because I can't lower there. Abraham or Ibram or I'm not really sure how to pronounce Abraham. Your name. Can you guys I apologize. Yeah, yeah, we, we you. got you. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Uh, first of all, I'm just wondering um, if you have any of you guys ever used um, Spotify on the Mac before? I used it a couple of times and didn't find it that uh, voiceover friend. I'm just wondering if they made any fixes to that and then uh secondly fix to what? One, what, what let's, let's uh, start with Spot the first question what, what was that uh spotify on the mac oh <laughs> the, the music music service it's not an apple app so yeah i don't yeah going on to your next question okay my next question is wondering if i could get uh some of the mac classes recordings you mentioned that you have Email will be, get you the best result. Uh, yeah, okay, just, I'll, I'll email just, you. Just send that email to Cliff and he'll send those okay. right off to you. Yep. I have it in okay. Dropbox for those who insist okay. on not using iCloud, but I do have them in iCloud also. So Okay, my, my last question is, I asked this last week, I think, um, if that recording you mentioned you, you might have had of uh, the email workshop, is that still available or you don't know? I will email the person that said they still have it and see if they still have it. I don't still have it because it wasn't uh, 
Okay. It wasn't a particular, it wasn't technically a Mac class. It was just a workshop we did, but I don't know. It might, where do we do that at? It was in WebEx. So Matt, you might be able to dig that out back in January. I think it was. Um, I will look. Yeah, because I don't delete any of those. So if we did record it in WebEx, then it's there. Um, yeah. Okay. Whether or not we recorded, it would be the bigger question. Yeah. Okay. We usually I, don't I, record, I, we usually I, don't record help sessions, but. Okay. I'll, we'll I'll email you. Uh, I'll email you tonight. Cliff. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Got one more hand, I think. It's 1405, I think. Is that uh, phone number ending at 508? I mean, no. Their hand is not raised. No, they're not. Mm -mm. You're, that was all the questions yeah. for now. Mm -hmm. My God. Who, who's the one with the hand raised? I'm looking Nobody. at the top of the list. They're all, they're yeah, all that's gone. what I thought. Yeah, they're all gone. You got a quiet crowd today, Mac and Cliff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we have, you know, we have almost <laughs> 10 minutes. And we, you know, do you guys have anything else, Cliff? I know you didn't uh, didn't get a chance to speak earlier when, you know, we were doing the presentation. I mean, between you and Wim, you read it, that was a whirlwind. So, you know, I was just sitting back and let you guys do all the work. <laughs> 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 One thing I will mention, though, as you can pe people can see from the fact that we've had to do this over three sessions and i don't know if there's another one the mac is a very i wouldn't say complex but there's a lot to cover i mean even in the month with the mac doing it twice a week we didn't cover we didn't even scratch the surface no we got you we got you set up we got you some commands we explored a few apps but that's about it um next year i definitely hope we're doing a little longer session maybe we, you know, we'll talk, the, t the team will get together this summer and figure out how much time we need. And if it needs to overlap, I need to teach, you know, Mac voice, uh, Matt needs to teach voiceover on iOS. I don't know. We don't know what we're going to do, but the bottom line is Mac will be there next year for the new user, their experienced user, the user that thinks they need to brush upon their skills. But, you know, and I'm still learning. I'm, you know, there's stuff that I don't know. I've been using Mac for over 10 years and there's things that people mentioned to me in passing that I write down. Like, I didn't know that. And I'm going to have to remember that right now. I'm studying for the ACSB, the Apple Certified Support Professional uh, uh, course. And there's stuff in this book that I didn't even know existed. So, you know, you're always learning. The Mac is not an overnight thing. The one thing I will tell you, two things I'll tell you. One, take your time. Don't try to rush through. You'll skip over something. You'll shut voiceover up and you'll miss a dialogue. That's the first thing. The second thing is you cannot, I repeat, you cannot be afraid to try things because if you're scared that you're going to mess something up, you're not going to learn anything. You know, um, uh, there is no pro, there's no pro, uh, um, what's the word, the phrase I'm looking for? I say it all the time. All progress has success. So if you don't, try it it's not gonna you're not gonna learn it so right you can always command q or command w if you're totally lost you oh know. i forgot to mention it because you had got off radar i do need to give you a little shorter cut to figure out where you are and this one came from trainer lynn if you just go to the vom and arrow over to the right once whatever menu is there is the app that is open that's cool 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. So because VOM, the second, right arrow. Yeah, VOM, the second right. menu in the menu bar is always the name of the app that's running. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think those menu bars are way underutilized because every app has a menu bar that you can get to. And so you don't have to remember, you know, how do I reply to an email? It's in the menu bar. Well, right, I mean, you know? right. That's what I was going to say. That comes down to that personal preference thing. Like you mentioned doing command E or command, you know, whatever to open the app and then command N to, to do the new document. Mm -hmm. And that's great. That's fantastic. But if somebody doesn't have that set up or doesn't want to do that, they can do everything by using the menus and the toolbars and stuff. And they can find all those options too. So you're absolutely right. Matt, yeah. you have a question. Yeah, you I was going to say, I get an indication that there's a hand raised, but I can't tell who it is. It's that's what it is. Without without progress, there would be no success. That's what that's a, <laughs> a, I, I saw it in a book a couple of years ago, and I've been using it ever since. Uh, it's the phone number four hundred five, Brad. Okay. So you can allow them to talk. Okay, hang on. Okay, I believe I've given them permission to talk. Mm -hmm. Phone number ending in five hundred eight. There you go. Yes, hi. <laughs> I was wondering, is there like a, a web-based HTML page that has all the quick shortcut keys available that you know on Apple, Apple Viz has a wonderful table with all of these commands. It maps the whole keyboard. And it's on okay. Apple Viz. It was put out in January of 2020. Technically, it was December every, 19th. No, the was only reason the okay. only reason I know is because it's in my folder right here, and I'm looking at it, and I've copied that note into a note, and it tells me what day that I did it. So, and actually, no, it says December twelfth, twenty twenty. But there's a new one. It's the January. same. It's, it's it's the exact same one. <laughs> I, I looked at it. There's nothing different about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's it's on it. Apple Viz, so. If you do a search for keyboard commanders, um, there's podcasts and then there's a whole table. All right. I will look. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. She's muted. Do we have anything else? Yeah. Anyone else? One more hand raised. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which There's no more? Uh, yes, there is one. Who is it? Barbara. Let me see if I can. No. Uh, Barbara? Is it uh, Barbara? Hello. Hi. Hi. Is that Barbara? I thought I heard her. <laughs> thought I did too, yeah. Barbara, you may unmute. <clears throat> Sorry, Brad, but we're running out of time. <laughs> no, I understand. Hello. Hi. Hi there. I want to know, it sounds like the mat is totally, the operating system is totally ran by apps. Everything is app related. Kind of. Uh, go ahead. What's your question? Well, then how are you able to lay, you don't have like a, um, a motherboard or anything on the Mac machines? Uh, well, there's a the Mac is a computer, just like a Windows computer. Okay, right. It's right. got it's got a processor. 
you know, the, the thing that drives it. And then it's got software that's called the operating system. Okay. Just like a windows computer has windows software. Okay. So they're similar. All right. And on a Mac computer, you have, you have a desktop and you've got areas of the Mac where you can find things, where you can find apps, where you can find your folders. So it's just, it's a different operating system than Windows, okay? But it's still a computer. It's still got a processor. It's got operating software that gets updated every so often. And it's got apps on it. It's very similar to your iOS apps on your iPhone. So you're able to switch on the Macs. It have a Windows and um, Mac operating system. You, you can. That is called boot camp. I would not recommend it. I know people do it, um, but it makes you go back and forth between the two worlds, and it takes system resources. I wouldn't do it, but that's I wouldn't. Personal. I wouldn't either. I yeah. I definitely agree with Rita. Now, actually, some of the Macs now can't even do it because the new M1 Macs won't support uh, boot camp anyhow, um, and they may end up being able to do it through. Uh, virtual machine but that hasn't even i don't think been made official yet so yeah i it's think not, parallels can do it but it's not accessible anyway so but it's not accessible. i wouldn't do yeah. it I, I, I would not sure. recommend i've done it but it's not you know anything that windows can do the mac can do better yeah so, so then so then if you have the mac and you don't get it down i mean i know like i hear what you're saying in terms of how to learn and take your time and don't rush and take one thing at a time and all that but like some learning curves can last a short period of time or a long period of time. And, but if you don't get it down, then you're going to have a computer that you essentially can't work properly. Right. You got a brick. Correct. So yeah. you've got, but it's two different operating systems or two different worlds. They're not. And I worlds. know that's why, that's why I thought the idea of having the overlay of the windows would be helpful. At least you no. have something to work with. It, it was, it's not recommended because it's too confusing to go back and forth between the two worlds. Plus on your Mac, you're using system resources. I, I would rather, if you, if somebody had to be in both worlds, I'd rather have two separate computers completely well, and, separate. And, and, and I'll just say this too, that the idea of being able to learn it is no different than anything else in life that you would learn, you know, and if you're uh, a basically uh, capable, you know, if you're a person who is able to learn anything else, then there's no reason to uh, suspect that you won't be able to grasp the Mac. I don't think it's any harder or any easier than, well, actually, I do think it's a little easier than Windows, but, I, you know, uh, certainly less frustration. Uh, but I don't think it's, you know, inherently any easier or any harder than any other skill in life that you would learn. You know, the same principles of having, and I know we're running out of time here. Um, what, is, what is that program that you talked about last time where people can get a Mac and use it for like a month or two? It was a month and you upgraded to two months. What is that program? There is, okay, there are some trial like um uh oh my god apple tv and apple fitness where you can try the apps for 
free before there's a subscription fee that kicks in. Those right. Are that's apps. they're not. That's not the Mac. The, if you the only thing we might have said was the term a month with the Mac, but that was actually the name of a course that we offered, not a not actually like a trial of the Mac or anything. Oh, that's the one that you went from a month with Mac to two months with the Mac. Right. Those are the courses we offered. Because I'm about to go into a training school for people for people who want to learn how to navigate the world, world blindly. I'm visually impaired. I can see pretty okay, but I want to be prepared for any event. And I know they're going to be teaching me on the various computers. They already told me they were going to be teaching me on the Mac and the regular computer. And Barbara, I, Barbara, I, Barbara, I don't mean to be rude, but we are over time, so we're going to have to go for today. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay, well, that'll wrap it up then for today, and we want to thank you all for joining us. God bless you, and we hope to see you back next week. In the meantime, if you need to get in touch with us, Visit us on the web at ttjtech.net or stir it up with a u.com.